this is unprecedented, 10 straight. Black caviar by four, Crystal Lily is beaten. Buffering with Hayless coming hard, buffering narrowly. Hayless trying his hard out, he's driving at the line on the outside, and he's made it really close, Hayless and Buffering hit it. Bivouac takes the lead from Loving Gabby at the 100. Bivouac coming away for Bossy. But it's over on the far side. Rockin' Horse, Rockin' Horse in front. It's going to be an absolute boil over. Rockin' Horse won the new market. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview edition and how good was it hearing some of those great horses just in the recent past, over the past decade or so, starting with the Immortal Black Caviar, Haylist over buffering, and uh, oh dear, what did we have last year? Probably a reminder that uh, racing is so uncertain as uh, Matt Hill called, absolute blowout with rock and horse, but it's a really good horses race, the new market, one of the iconic races in the Australian scene, and hopefully we can help find the winner via Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. Good morning, Vince. Ralphie, good morning. What a great day it is today, and it hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. Mate, it's five past six. We're, we're, we're punching. We're, we're ready to ready to rumble. Flemington tomorrow. Uh, last week we said that uh, the data showed with uh, hot weather predicted, the track played just a little bit on the soft side. We've got perfect uh, weather uh, leading in, and uh, this really gives an opportunity for it to showcase that it's very best tomorrow. Yeah, of course, and I'm sure, you know, Liam has got the challenge. He's got to present the track. <laughs> what is it, a good four, is it, that right? No, you got to, pre- yeah, yeah, you got to present it. But the reality is if we've got a beautiful, clean day and I'm, I'm, I have an expectation Flemington's just going to be like right at the top of the game in terms of track speed, evenness, and where you need to be. Yep. Uh, rail at four metres, any little quirks there? Well, the quirks is obviously if you can be six to eight off the fence or wider – you're definitely going to have a superior advantage to the inside runners. So that's going to be interesting for the straight races. And I'll probably just say, my view at the moment is just don't want to be on the fence in the turning races. Let's start up the straight with the new market, the uh, the big feature event of the, of the day. Uh, 16 horses, so that's a big field. And it isn't 24 horses. wonder if the dynamic changes at all. What's your forecast as far as speed's concerned? Uh, uh, interesting, that. Speed, well... <laughs> don't reckon they're going to go slow, Ralphie. I just cannot see them going slow. But what we do have is this challenge is will they split yep. or not? Are they going to run? So if they track to the inside, the speed's increased. Therefore, we could be running easily plus two to plus four. If they track to the middle, then... Big chance we're going to be running benchmark, and if they split inside outside, then it's just going to be pretty much pace all the way, Ralphie. And you know we can probably expect you know faster than a plus two speed for sure. We could be you know maybe three, four, five lengths faster than standard. So the only way I can see orderly is if they all track up the middle. 
Now, could that happen? Maybe. It just depends on what happens earlier in the day and what the view of the riders are going to be. So there is that chance because I don't – I personally, if I was a rider, I wouldn't want to go to the fence, right? Yep. So if I was running up the straight, I don't want to go to the inside. So I, I want to be going in the middle of the track heading towards the right-hand side, right? And therefore, there's a big chance that could happen. Now, I look at someone like Damien Lone, who's on The Astrologist, and then you've got Front Page, which has got Patrick Maloney. They're probably going to be good guides to what they might do. And I look at, if they went to the inside, they probably, I'm not saying their horses can win anyway, right? But they're, all they're doing is just setting up the race for everybody else anyway. So they might as well improve their chances by going up the middle, right? Therefore, yep. they can still be in the race with a few hundred to go. All right. Well, if you listen to this, uh, get your early edition race speed profiles, and I reckon there's something that's a real standout here, and that is this. Your IVR forecast, 4.4 lengths above benchmark. Vince, this is saying that this is going to be a high-class race at the top end. Oh, it will. And the beauty of that is it's going to be, be very, very tough for most horses to get anywhere near it because the reality is this. There's only maybe three horses from a class point of view that have the capacity to break four. Now, there's one probably sitting right on the borderline, so I'm going to say four runners. Yep. And there's a couple that are on the fringe that could potentially get there. So there's six runners that have the chance overall to run plus four higher, and then anything outside of that would be you're going to have to run an explosive new PB. Now, that can happen with some horses. They're lightly raced. They might just leap out of the ground and do the impossible. It's always – these things can happen. I mean, I don't like to go with impossibles. Yep. Uh, I'm a big believer when you start doing the looking for the impossibles, the only thing that happens is that you can be assured your money's in the toilet. <laughs> it, it ain't coming back, right? And, yeah, yep. you might fluke but one year, and that just drives you to think that way more often so you can lose it all in the future. But one point being that um, this is what genuine measurement of class is, Vince, so that the higher the rate, the more things drop off. And, you know, if you look at last year's blowout rocking horse, one with 2.7, when it went up the straight in uh, on, on the classic at the final day of the carnival, 3.1. So what you're saying is it's really going to shake down some runners out of this race. Yes, it is going to shake down. So the only way, and I'm taking a position with the, the work that I've done, and this is my go-to position, by the way, Ralphie, when you get to these big races, the first thing that I look to do is always work to the horses to what's their best performances. Why? Yeah. Is because you'd have to be crazy to think in your mind that the trainers aren't targeting this race and, and they're doing everything they can to be at the peak. Now, things can happen and the horses don't run up to their profiles, right? So, if the horses that I have at the moment in the top five of the grid, if none of them run to their profile, right, and I eliminate those top five, then the shakedown is this. Basically, then what we're looking at is we're looking at a hurdle rate of 2.7, right? Yep. So that's if the top five don't deliver. <laughs> Which can happen to happen in the classic, yeah. but this is different. Uh, you know, there were reasons why Nature Strip and so forth didn't turn up. Correct. These horses look like they're going to set to turn up. And let's start with I Wish I Win. Vince, uh, late January, I, we actually did a bonus podcast uh, for our Group 1 members because 
my ears pricked when I heard Catherine Coleman, Peter Moody's uh, stable foreman, say, yeah, Pete, Pete wants to target the new market. I thought, hang on. When, it, when a trader like Peter Moody does something different, take note. So I asked you about his straight line speed. You explained it from Sandown. It was phenomenal that, that day. And then he's franked it. They now know he can do it up the straight in the lightning. Talk us through what uh, what he did and what your level of expectations are tomorrow. Well, the, probably the first cue here is 2.8 lengths below benchmark through the first section. In the lightning? Yep, in the lightning. Yep. And I look at this profile, so it's very interesting. The horse actually does have tactical speed, right, and can be efficient. In other words, what I'm saying is, this horse can be running two point. This horse can be running eight lengths below benchmark, and win. This horse can be running five lengths faster than standard and win. Right. This is through the first section. So what that means is, we're talking about a horse who is tactical speed. In other words, can blend. In that first up run, two point eight below benchmark, didn't have to do a lot of work. Very comfortable for the horse, but. You know, for a 1,000 metres, I see that as being good pace, Ralphie, right? Particularly when it's your first crack. From the 8 to the 400 metres, the horse has increased its pace by around three and a half lengths and only going half a length faster than standard. So in other words, the horse has gotten through the first 600 metres in what I would consider to be definitely not a race pace that you're going to be flattened by and definitely not overextending. And the proof came. Last 400, 7.5 above. Explosive straight line speed, which is what we know this horse has got. And ended up with a 3.2, third best of the day. Now, if seeing is believing or whatever you want to put it, first up last campaign, Caulfield 1400 was 1.9 above Ralphie. Without knowing anything about the 1,000-metre profile, which was always something that, you know, who knows, right, how this horse is going to go. First up 1,000 metres. But the horse has come back better. And does this mean this horse is still evolving? I have to say yes. It peaked with a 5.4 at 1,500 metres. And I sit back here and say, okay, second up 1,200 metres. Is a new star going to be born tomorrow? Well, we, we stand to after that Sandown win in that, I remember you clearly said, this could be the horse to take on Animo on a Cox Plate. Now, he was flat in the Turak handicap two weeks later. And then we said, don't drop off from the Golden Eagle. And that's when he delivered that that dynamic 5.4. What you're saying is there's every chance he's going to match that tomorrow. Well, Ralphie, if he doesn't turn up, okay, he doesn't turn up and... That's the caper. That's the caper, right? But <laughs> yeah. the reality is this. If the horse was $2 or eighty or fifty, because there are some technicals that this horse could be easily as short as that, right? Yep. You could say, all right, you know, it'd be really gut-wrenching if you were on that short and you got beat. But what's the early price? Am I right? Is it somewhere in the... Mid-fours. No, no, that's just total bullshit, Ralph. (laughs) I'm serious. It it is... The horse should be starting... It should be starting even money. So now what I'm saying is, given, you know, this is the understanding of value proposition. I'm not one that's governed by prices, but I am governed by prices as far as how I'm going to out, outlay my my money on the day. Now, the reality is this. Of course, I'm saying to myself, can this horse turn up, second up, improve two lengths from the first up run, run somewhere near its PB from last campaign, but do it at 1,200 metres? Well, I have no reason to say that it can't, 
and the horse doesn't have to run the 5.4 to win. It can run within a length of that. So therefore, once you start getting even money or better, this is starting to look like a really good proposition, right? And now at $4, okay, so if the horse doesn't and it fails, well, you're going to get a good price to find out. And yep. could you genuinely – this is the other angle that I like to take, Ralphie. And I looked at every horse in this race. If I don't back I wish I win, I don't want to bet in the race. Because there's a reason why this horse can beat all of them and why should I take second best? And sometimes people say, oh, but it's $1.50. I don't want to take it. I want to look for value. Okay, you can do that because there's two other slots. But this is not the case here. This horse is $4 something, right? And they've completely uh, got the wrong price. And the reason why they're, they're probably forced to do that because they haven't got enough evidence, maybe, in the way they do their work to suggest the horse should start even money. I think there's another reason. It's a pattern, and I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> but we'll start with Private Eye, who's not uh, second favourite. It's actually out to sort of as much as eight dollars. You talk about the the bar that that you've set to uh, to to really be involved in the finish here. Well, if he turns up and did what he did first up last prep, this track, this distance, four point four lengths above benchmark, it was a serious, serious win. And he smashed Rock and Horse before, as I mentioned, that horse then won the classic when a few didn't turn up on the day. Well, he's the other horse that can match the 400-metre sprint with I Wish I Win, right? Yep. There's no question about it. So if we're looking at talent from a speed point of view in terms of their final 400 metres, look, the only horse that I reckon that can beat either of these horses isn't running, and that's Giga Kick, right? It's the only horse. It's not running in this race, right, that has the capacity, the explosion, the, you know, booming 400-metre finish. But this is a runner that's proven it on more than one occasion. It goes superbly on the short course, I scored it, obviously, on the first up run of the last campaign. I mean, it went above benchmark through the first section, which is just like, wow. Then you have a look. Look what happened between the six and the four with this horse. This horse lost 2.8 lengths of velocity and then still finished off the last 400 with a plus 7.3. How can you not respect that, right? So then what I went to look at is I said, okay, can I justify you turning up with a 4.4 first up. So I went to that last barrier trial on the 27th of the second, and here's the breakdown. 9.3 lengths below through the first section. This is 900 metres, so only 100 metres. So you're not going to get much speed. But then I look at the mid-race between the 8 and the 4, where we're really going to start to see, okay, where are you at condition-wise? It's gone from 9.3 below to minus 1.7. So that's, what, a seven-and-a-half length improvement in energy efficiency. And I always say, Ralphie, we look at these little signs, last 200 metres, bang, 2.5 above. That's enough for me to say, you're going somewhere. And then I looked at the very first trial that it had at the beginning of the year, and I could see the marked improvement, right, of around three lengths late. This is just on a 200-metre kick. So they've got the horse in the right shape. Do, did I want to see just something a little bit more overall, trial-wise? When I look at the trial from the previous prep, it did. It was a little bit more forward in terms of how much energy the horse had to use early for you know being battle ready. 
but Joseph Pride, I'm, I'm not going to knock him. He's pretty There's astute. One little one from the from the trials though that I noticed, Vince, and that is he didn't trial in blinkers and he wears them race day grand yeah. final time. So just got to he has to be the genuine contender to. I wish you win. It's just probably um, look for private eye. He just might. Well, maybe I should take this back. Maybe you know this horse is only five. Maybe this horse is going to improve further. It's possible, right? But this could be a battle of two, you know, hyper horses. Nice. Um, and I had a little memory about this, Vince. Remember about six or seven years ago that uh, apparently you, you couldn't win the new market first up because it hadn't been on the previous hundred years. And remember we're at, we're at Crown and you said, watch this Red Kirk Warrior from uh, Hong Kong. It was $33 at the time. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and that. first up and we said, well, maybe maybe David Hayes and I think Darren Weir ran, trained the second horse. Maybe these guys know what they're doing. And if they want to run it first up, don't worry about the bullshit of history. No, oh, well, you know, that's another big trap. Yep. All right, let's get to the uh, co-favourite in secret. Dynamic on Derby Day. Dynamic. Uh, when it won the Coolmore, it smashed the uh, fellow three-year-olds that day. It was on soft going, but it had come off a really big run in the Golden uh, Rose when it was beaten the nose by Jack and O, and there was an argument to say that Jack and O was a lane advantage that day. This time in, been near okay, but this is its grand final. So the pattern people will love the fact that Big weight drop, uh, 1,400 back to 1,200, which is what it did in the uh, in the spring, 1,400 back to 1,200. Jamie Carr on. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, as they say, and perhaps it's an overused phrase, Vince, ticks all the boxes. The box I want to know is, can she bet fast enough? Well, you know what the beauty is about all those things you just said now? Yep. Is if it doesn't win and doesn't deliver, then the not good enough, right? So that's the good part that we're yep. going to find out if you're good enough or not. Now, on that Flemington run last campaign, 3.9, how can you ignore it? Because it's like right on the cusp of what we're looking for. With the reality, Yeah, the reality is this. If I'm just looking at the shape of the horse and the way it runs, like if, it, if it's genuinely asked tomorrow to run to that speed of around half length above benchmark, man, they're going to smash it up. They're going to smash this horse right up. This horse isn't going to be nowhere if, if that's what happens. Because I feel that the profile, and I've been watching this horse very carefully because I had such high expectations, Ralphie, right? And I and I mean that, right? Very, very high expectations that not only is this horse going to make us money, right? But we, we've got a potential, you know, high quality filly, right? Yep. Who's going to be outstanding, the Randwick run first up, that's the sign. 3.7 lengths, uh, 7.7 lengths below benchmark first section. Between the 8 and the 4 was 2.8 below, then 5, 5.1 above. Now, Ralphie, we just talked about private eye and I wish I win. Their 400-metre sprints on a bad day is around plus 5. And they do it off benchmark to minus two speed. This runner has got in a 5.5 above, a five length above benchmark of almost six lengths inferior pace. That's why I'm saying to you, I don't actually see this horse running super fast through the first section. Unless this horse hasn't been right and they've got issues that no one's aware of, 
right? And now they've got it right, and all of a sudden we're going to see it, right? Because the best the horse has gone when it's been asked to go with like a lot of speed early. We have to go back to Rose Hill back in September, Ralphie, when it went 2.1 above. Had a bit of a softening in them. And that now was the I, Golden Rose. Yeah. And then yeah. and there it was, last, 200, last 400 metres, plus 2.1. And that actually gives me the real picture of where this horse is at. So class-wise, it's not far from them. So on a class point of view, I'm sitting back here saying, yeah, if you put it all together and everything works out well for you, then this is where it's at. But I say this, that you can win this race, but those two above are definitely not turning up. Okay, well, it's a nice statement. Let's round off with a couple that uh, that are left field. Firstly, with the Lightning, and I'll ask you a second horse as well when you've got Bella Nipotina as your fourth most advantage. Now, Craig Williams has gone, got off uh, uh, um, Buenos Nachos. Can't help thinking this is its real grand final, Buenos Nachos, and, you know, the giga kick form is real up the straight. So I'll ask you the two horses here together, given they both came from Lightning, Bella Nipotina and Buenos Nachos. Well, Bella Nipotina, firstly, we look at the stable. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and it's got a 3.6, Rolfie, right? So the 3.6 means what? It means that you're on that cusp, right? How much – like, if I want you to get into the four reins, what are we looking for? We're looking for half length, right? If the top two runners turn up, they ain't going to find it. They're not going to miraculously turn up tomorrow and run mid-fives. It's just not going to happen, Rolfie, right? But they could run – three and a half to four lengths above, right? That is a real possibility. And the way this horse went first up over a 1,000, 2.9 above, fourth best of the day, excellent performance, went benchmark first section, half a length above between the eight and the four, excellent last 400 of plus 4.6. There's no way they haven't got this horse flying. This horse is flying. So that Mooney Valley run, if we peel it back to October last year, yeah, all the favours, all these things, but it was 3.6 above best of the day and looked like classes above the competition on visuals, but the performance was a PB for the horse. They've got this horse ready to run to that level. Now, can you take the next step? Well, we just got to go back through our own history of communication. Mares keep improving. That's why I can't discount this horse. Now, let's switch to the other horse, number 16. Yeah, I know there's been a bit of bit of talk about this horse. That that barrier trial, the second of March, is probably my biggest insight. Three point two below overall was the scorecard figure, but I look at the structure. No, no, no effort through the. You know, I have to create like an artificial first section, Ralph, because it's only like eight hundred and eleven meters, right? Yeah, it's almost impossible to say, okay, here's the, you know, the gates open and we're already at the eight hundred, right? <laughs> yeah. So you create an artificial uh, simulated figure, and it says it's somewhere around ten lengths below, and this is all based on history and data flow to give you some sort of guide. But then from there, it was a good move. It was about eight lengths move in the mid race, and then the last. 400 metres was 3.2 above. But what was interesting is this. All the explosion was between the four and the two with this horse. It actually went 1.1 below benchmark for the last 200 metres. So like it appeared, and that was a soft win, but all the energy, and this is what you got to look for in trials, was between the four and the 200 for this horse. So it gave me insight to say, okay, you are going really well. You do have a 2.5 to your name, right? And this is if we're going all the way back to the 1100 meters, and probably entitled to get that. And that. Who knows what giga kick? Yeah. Yeah. So that 
you, you are entitled to get to that level. And then the question is, all right, can you make that next step? Can you? Can you find two lengths? Now, some people are saying lightly race probably can. The trial is sort of indicating, and then what it did at Flemington at the 1.6 is you're really, again, we're coming back down to you need at least two horses not to turn up. Yep. Because they can't, they just don't do it, Ralphie. They just don't explode and run into their, you know, mid fours and fives off where they've come from. Because, I mean, this horse is still chasing its PB. It's not like it went first up the Flemington 1000 and ran two and a half. It went first up around 1.6. You're only tra- you're only trending to your number. And if you look at the efficiency of that 1,000-meter run, it was perfection. I could not find a reason for this horse to be giving a big, you know, like sometimes, okay, they have a slowdown between the four and the two or the, you know, the six and the four, you know, or other things, you know, like overcompensated or undercompensated through the first section. No, there was none of that. This was a golden race shape for the horse, 1.4 below first section, plus 1.3 between the eight and the four. Excellent 3.8 finish. Data indicating your rock hard fit. Barrier trial since then is indicating a very similar thing. So right now, you're trending to your two and a half. That's what you're trending to. Star Patrol, we'll finish with Star Patrol. Um, let, let's peel back to its Flemington form. The three starts, two wins in a second. The second was on soft ground, and it was to passive-aggressive. That reads all right. But its first Flemington run was Anzac Day last year, and we just said, well, this is a horse with serious talent. So what did he do that day? Now, I assume that's what means you can't completely discount him, particularly for Moldies. Yeah, well, he's got that four best of the day, and then he franked it again at 1,100 with a 3.9. So you know this horse has got the class to be there. I'm looking for... Like what happened at Sandown, we talked about the challenges of racing at Sandown and I'm sort of sitting back here looking at it and say, okay, you went 1.1 above through the first section, you were gone 0.6 below between the eight and the four and then finished off nicely with a one length faster than standard last 400 metres. Not what you would consider to be ideal for this, but there's this possibility that at Flemington, and this is what I came back to. If it was any other track, I was just going to leave the horse where it's currently profiling around that half length above. But because it's at Flemington, this horse has had two outstanding performances there. I just said, well, I'm going to put you up where you belong, up in the mix. You are still in a situation where you're looking for a couple of runners to not perform and you have to lift. And if you do, then you're going to be there in the finish. Let's, uh, it's, it's nice and clear what your thoughts are anyway. Uh, it's I wish I win and uh, and you think it's an outstanding price of mid-force. Well, if you can say to me what happened last start's not true, <laughs> then, you know, I've made a big mistake. There we go. Uh, let's look at the other quaddy legs here, starting uh, the, with the sixth. It's an Australian Cup uh, preview, it's called. Uh, the uh, the Australian Cup this year is normally on this day. It's uh, It's been pushed back a couple of weeks. So uh, this is uh, some tune-up for um, these runners into the big race. Favourite for the race is a tight price. Right you are. There's a bit of a different dynamic, but he's been a summer star, Vince, hasn't he? Oh, he has. Just... <laughs> Bulletproof, really, yeah. if, you, if you think about it. Like it, just bulletproof. Anywhere between two lengths and a half length of budge above from its last uh, four runs is just sort of clearly demonstrating how superbly the horse is going. Can't fault it. Absolutely. And he's had a bludge last two starts, isn't he? Well, 
last start was the biggest bludge of all time. Ten lengths below benchmark. He honestly must have said, oh, I'm just having a, you know, a jog this morning or today. And then didn't have to do a lot of work. Pretty much only had to finish off like benchmark last 400 metres. So, yeah, they, they've got this horse airborne. And they have found themselves, like like you said, Ralphie, off the last two runs where they haven't had to use too much energy. In other words, coming to the end of its campaign. It's going superbly. Uh, unfortunately, jockey change there with poor old Ethan Brown uh, off with his getting smashed up. Terrific to see some photos on social media of him uh, starting to improve from the hospital bed. But uh, the different dynamic I, I mentioned there, Vince, is Marachino. So from the west, uh, we, we tracked him through the, uh, the through the summer carnival. There, uh, he's a fast horse. He's, he's, he's their, their their cleaner, isn't he? He's their cleaner. <laughs> and, the cleaner. Yeah, <sighs> he came back. Off a 70-day break. Right, look, I hope he hasn't left it there, Robert. That's 10.4 above first section. <laughs> if he's coming in good shape, like like I'm not, you know, don't like I don't want to be in Melbourne coming from the west, this yep. horse could be in front by 15 lengths at some stage. <laughs> but doesn't that create its own challenges? Because you always say about the short break when they're explosive off a short break, that that could be their level. Two weeks between runs, travel over the other side of the country off after going 10 links above benchmark first section. Yeah, you can't be happy about that uh, setup, Ralphie. There's yep. no way you can't be happy about it. He's a horse that has um, been able to back up, you know, with reasonably good speed. I mean, when I <laughs> look at this horse, <laughs> you just run through the the profile. And this is backing up, going 9.9 above benchmark, then he's gone 11.9 above another time. It's gone 9.4, well, actually, he went 13.5 above, 9.4 above, 5.9, 10.2. This horse continuously runs fast, whether it's 14-day backups or not. And that's why I said to myself, if any horse, that's like like you said, like the cleaner, right? Yep. They, some horses defy the patterns. They just keep running fast, right, even though they shouldn't. I don't know why they're like that. That's just... It just must be the structure of the horse. So I don't want to dismiss that here. And if we now bring it to the truism, are they really – is anyone going to really test the horse through the first section here? This horse no, might only – you might only have to go plus two or three to be comfortably in front, right? Mark Sarah will take a sit. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a horse that fights to want to own the front. He, he can be orderly. Right. So – uh, fast races can create chaos, but as you said, it could go either way. Yep. But uh, we, what we do know is two horses come from a very fast race, and that was at Sandown last start with Denied Knowledge took hold of the uh, rider, and they absolutely flew. So that that's Young Werther and Emissary. Emissary was well-backed. We said he has got the right structure for a first up, and that was the case. But under that circumstance, though, he's, he's run well, and he'll, he'll should improve again. And Young Werther, his Fleming in 2000 form went right. Is, uh, is pretty serious for a double-figure odds horse. Yeah, for sure. Both those horses, Ralphie. Firstly, Emissary, 0.4 below benchmark through the first section. That's a really good hit out for this horse. I mean, when I look at the profile of this runner, not often this horse has, has to be asked to run that sort of speed, particularly on a first-up basis. And then big, big exertion. And when I say big, between the 8 and the 400, the actual mid-race move was only six and a half lengths, but then it's how far above the benchmark? Like, it's 6.1 above. Like, it's so hard to do. It's different when you come from minus 10 to benchmark. Like, overall, it's a higher exertion, but it's not the same pressure. 
So this was big pressure for the horse. And then the drop-off, really, the drop-off wasn't that bad. From the 600 metres or, in, you know, approaching the 400 to the finish line, the overall drop-off was around four and a half lengths. And then over the last 200, it was probably only about one and a half lengths. So it should get big improvement from this. And here we are. We've got a, a starting point of point nine. Just a repeat of that run gets you in the money, Ralphie. And Young Werther, I mean, that ter- the, the, twice he's been placed in the Turnbull, but the one from 2021, that was a serious performance. Yeah, love, love, loved what this horse did first up firstly at Sandown. Yep. Like going from six and a half below to plus 5.7 between the eight and the 400. Still ran above benchmark last 400. You've seen the drop off that day. Lost about 1.3 lengths of conditioning. They only went up 200 metres, but... As you touched on, massive reversal in speed. It's gone from six and a half lengths below benchmark to 1.9 above. What a massive turnaround in terms of energy uh, usage. And then still at the run, faster between the eight and the 400. So absolutely entitled to drop right off. And I felt that the horse didn't do too bad. Lost around three lengths of conditioning over the last 400 metres, and if I turn around and say, okay, let's, let's, let's keep it real, somewhere around two lengths is most likely what the horse is definitely going to improve on conditioning. That gets you into the plus one range, and then you've got some you know, scope of the horse's capability. I mean, it's got a 3.9 at Flemington, Ralphie. That, that's the run I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. So how's this horse starting at $12? Well, it's simple. They're just looking at the recent campaign saying, well, maybe you're not going good enough. Well, I went and had a look at that, and there's the Valley Run plus 1.7. So you're already in the strike range of running to that level. So you don't need to run 3.9 to Because if you were going to run 3.9, we'd market even money in unbeatable. <laughs> Which is nice for that. And odds. The other yep. horses that odds will round off with. Whether, is he a runaway? But I suppose on, on pure talent, that uh, Eagle Farm uh, uh, Doombin Cup win was, uh, was dynamic. Jeez, he's he's a difficult horse. Look, he's a he's a difficult horse. I'm actually saying this. I reckon this horse is, you know, it's going to be, you know, the drier the better. Yep. And you look at what it did at, at Eagle Farm that day, best of the day, like you said, three point two above. That, that Ramwick run, you know, I only had the one run in in December, right? And it was one point nine. That was full of merit for the mile, Ralphie. Like it was so strong. Went almost benchmark through the first section, plus 5.1 between the 8 and the 400. Finished off the last 400 metres with a 3.7 length. Now, mind you, this horse was travelling fast and slowing between the 600 all the way to the 200 metre mark. Let me tell you, that is a very difficult thing to do when you're running at that speed. See, it's one thing when you're slowing off a benchmark or below benchmark for, you know, in, you know, like if I'm talking between the 600 to the 200 meter mark, but when you're running fast and then you're slowing and then you have to pick up the pace again, that shows you versatility and that shows you grit and sustained speed. I actually feel this horse is going to thrive tomorrow and is one, look at the moment, I, I made sure I put a marking on the horse because I don't want to uh, lose sight of where this horse might end up tomorrow. And he's probably one or two, one of two horses that could be, you know, elevated come tomorrow morning. 
All right. Well, I'm taking a barbell approach to the quaddy, and that is, I'm going to go. I'm going to go wide in the first, wide in the last. <laughs> We've already covered the new market. There's not many chances, and surely in race uh, race eight on the program here, this looks a, a skinny sort of race, particularly if the favourite Erton turns up in his usual first up profile. What is it, Vince? Uh, well, I marked the race high, and yep. maybe I'm a dreamer. It's possible. <laughs> I could be a dreamer, but a few things. We've been talking about the stable how they've had it just seems to be an implied strategy i don't know why but their horses are forward i looked at the barrier trial of this horse and sorry it's a jump out not a barrier trial wow you clock them? yeah i do clock them yeah yep. no, absolutely clock all the jump outs right and i put the clock on this horse as well and i said mm, wow you know 1200 meters the way you did it <sighs> okay not bad to turn up. Now, this is just a jump out figure, right? Yep. And it broke benchmark. And I said, wow, you broke benchmark. That means your starting point can't be anything less than 1.5. You cannot turn up, run anything less than 1.5. And then I went back, and I actually went to the previous prep, going back all the way to 24. That horse turned up and ran 2.5 first up. And the jump out that day, the horse went minus two. So I said to myself, okay. I reckon you've come back to – you look like you're two lengths further forward than that, and that was a short break. This one's a longer break, right? And I'm saying, okay, you look set to run 2.5, and I actually put on my graph line, Ralphie, right? You could be coming back with a campaign of what you did in 2021 when you peaked with a 4.3 above. Well, that's going to give you some confidence. <laughs> so I sat back and said, okay, we're going to make two and a half the starting point. I'm not going to go to your highs. I'm not even going to go to your three and a half, right, I'm not, or, or your four and a half. We're just going to go 2.5. Can anybody beat that benchmark? If it, Show me the horse that can beat that 2.5, and that's going to be the only threat to this horse. He's been beaten once at first up, and that was at Sandown last year. By I wish I win. <laughs> it's a nice form. <laughs> so, you know, what price are they give him for this horse? Uh, well, he's low, low threes, but that's uh, that's place on side for you, Vids. Low threes? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, no, seriously. No, we've got to, you know, got to cut out the bullshit, Ralph. Are you serious? Is that what I the am price serious. is? Don't yeah, call well, me Shirley. This is, an, this is another horse that maybe they've got their reasons, but should start even money. Beautiful. We won't tell too many stories then. It's uh, Scolopedi's second favourite. Visionari's uh, mid-fours. Visionari about $8, and then it's uh, it's getting pretty wide. But you're saying it's pretty simple. If he turns up, good luck uh, Good luck leaving him out of the, at least the top three. Okay. Well, one of the things that I did is I gave Scolopedi right up to his top at, at the at distance range, right? Yep. Which is around 2.1, paying huge respect to Damien Lane, right? Profile superbly in terms of positioning running. I can't fault the horse, right? Yep. But I've got an expectation rule it's going to run to its top, 2.1. And I'm not asking it to run to its top. So then I went and looked at biometric. I said, okay, what happens if I run you to your top? Okay, rock solid 1.9. Okay, yeah, that's good. Can we go better than that? Mm, unlikely. And I sit back and say, okay, well, that's the competition. Did I miss something? There we go. Oh, may, may, they, may they run to their to their uh, peak? And then, like I said, I I, I didn't know what to how to spin the wheel in the last race. So I'm going to go nice and wide as a starting point. Uh, what, what's uh, what say you for the last race? 
awesome. lot, of, lot of lightly raced runners and uh, not have done none have done a lot on the clock. Well, we've got benchmarkers being, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, benchmark's the best right now. So I'm really hoping from you know s- some rises to come. Yeah, this is a this this is smart if you're going wide. But let's let's look at this number eleven, right? It's one of these unfortunate things. Is you know, it me? Yeah, yeah like off yep. the two. Yeah, off the two runs, it's the profile's not good, Ralphie. Right? Yeah, and it's and it's and it's just purely because of setup. So I went and had another closer look at that jump out, and I was a little bit surprised. The jump out was like one point seven below. So straight away, what that told me was, oh wow, this horse is at least five six lengths better than what it's done out of the two lifetime starts. Right. Yep. And there's no way known have we remotely seen what this horse is capable of, right? So I I'll leave it with this on this particular horse. Is so I I've, I've scored it in at two two lengths below benchmark, pretty much off the jump out. It's they're not that easy to score. I could have had it slightly better. I don't think I could have had it any worse than two, right? So I went with the worst line, which is around two lengths below. And I sit back and say, okay, you you, you could improve four or five lengths. So that could be the, the sleeper in the field because if you do improve four or five lengths, then you're going to have a plus one, plus two figure and you'll easily win this race, right? Yep. So that's why I'm paying respect and just saying uh, if there's any horse that I have an expectation that can break benchmark, it's definitely this one. Oh, and you're saying sleeper in terms of that it can elevate big time, and yep. it, but it, it is favourite for the race. So obviously the, there's some excitement about it. Best last 400 and 200 day when it won in Adelaide, but as you said, overall it's yet to produce a big figure. But you can't put a put a ceiling on it. Jen, I'll just ask you about Jenny, Jenny Jerome, uh, yep. Patrick Payne, very good trainer when they get it right, right off its feet first up. But that's as per expected. And then the Ballarat had improved. There's a horse that they're t- teaching how to how to race. It over raced badly at the end of its last prep. Uh, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I I love Patrick Payne. Love him. I just think he's a he's so masterful. He was a brilliant rider. Yep. And his training capabilities, he has demonstrated so many times that he's so good at targeting. And you're right, Ralph. With that Ballarat win, third best of the day, benchmark performance. You look at the profile, 0.8 below benchmark, good speed for the horse, went a half length above between the 8 and the 400, went plus 2 last 400, and then I look for the sign. I see the drop-off over the very last 200 metres of around 1.5, and I go, bang, that's just all condition. Because this horse – because when you look at that, you say to yourself, okay, but maybe it's – you know, the horse has had enough and maybe it's going to be a negative going up in distance. Well, you could only have to go to Sandown when it got beaten the lip and the way it finished off the, that race above benchmark. I knew this was just conditioning only. So this is the other horse, and this is why I've got this horse on top of the grid, Ralphie, is in my view, this is the other horse that I have a high expectation of breaking benchmark. Now, could it go two lengths better? I'm not so sure about that, but I do feel there's at least half a length to a length, right? So out of this field, so what I'm doing is here, is if you're looking to not go wide and you want to go skinny and say, who are the two horses that can genuinely jump out of the ground and break benchmark? Then it's number six, Jerry Jerome, and number 11. And between them, they can both run 
somewhere between plus one and plus two, and then they'd run one two. We'll talk business tomorrow, but I'll just finish with asking you because it's so it's pretty short. It's about dollar eighty, dollar ninety mm-hmm. range. Uh, what you need in race two? What did it do on debut at Geelong, and what's it done in its barrier trials leading in? Oh right, yeah, okay. I didn't um, think much about this race, but let me come back to it now. That, seeing that you're asking me, Rolfie. Well, we I know go. there'll be punters looking to go, go for some tight prices and maybe take some moldy. So <laughs> you've, you've explained a couple here of the mid fours and low threes, but in this case, what you need was uh, was very good when it won on debut. Yeah, 0.5 above, best of the day. The most leading trials sort of coming in around minus one. So the, the reality is the horse is going to, <laughs> again, I just got to come back. It's no surprise the stable are having their horses just super ready first up. Just the question is this, you know, are the rest that bad? Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they're just very slow and this horse is way too good and that justifies the price. But just off a one-race start, they've got a pretty pretty short. There's nothing to suggest that this horse is going to do anything less than a half above Ralphie, and it only needs to run within a length of that to win. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But it's up the straight. Yep. And it's got good straight line speed. Not really. Different dynamic if you yeah, want to take just, it. Good luck. Yeah, it's, <laughs> look, I, I'm terrible because my view is this. There's no way I can back this horse myself, right? And probably, uh, you know, that's why I'm sort of putting a little bit to the side, and I shouldn't because other people may want to back it, and I wouldn't put anybody off it. Nice. All right. Well, in the end, this is the reality. This is all about, uh, as a Friday morning, you're super bullish about, uh, oh, I wish I win, you're super bullish about it, and and, uh, and then we'll talk further business tomorrow uh, once scratchings come through. Yeah, you summed it up beautifully. All right. Once again, really appreciate your support as a customer of year-round carnival previews, and we'll talk business tomorrow when the final edition of Race Speed Profiles comes out.